How's it going, everybody? This is Alex Caceres, and you're listening to Story of the Fight. Will, what is up? What up, what up? Welcome, everybody, to Story of the Fight. My name is Ramiro. That's my boy, Will. This is the podcast where we talk all things mixed martial arts. Hey, how was your Thanksgiving, Will? It was good, dude, fighting cat allergies. We got to see my mom, grandma, all that stuff. That was last fighting weekend. Cat allergies. Right? We skipped so you that. still had a fight going on even after the weekend. There was no fights. You're fighting allergies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I watched Kai Wu, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Sort of PFL. But now this weekend, I don't know if you can hear it, but it's not cat allergies this weekend. Now I'm actually sick. So <laughs> oh, back to back <laughs> Been a little rough for your boy. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hey, I'm glad you had a good Thanksgiving, though. I hope everybody out there had a great Thanksgiving. We took the weekend off. A uh, little holiday, uh, you know, hiatus. for us. So, yeah, a little hiatus. Uh, a but hiatus. <laughs> we had some UFC going on against uh, again this weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, before we get going there, though, almost forgot. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification bell if you don't already follow us. It goes a long way. Uh, let your friends, families, your aunties, your uncles, your your mamas, yes. your grandpapas, like let everybody know that likes mixed martial arts to tune in to the podcast. And if they're looking for our podcast, well, where can they find it? Yeah, it's storythefight.com. You'll see it everywhere. It's Story of the Fight on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, uh, Twitch, everything, YouTube, Story yeah, of the Fight. Yeah, and uh, neither of us are wearing our merch today, but there's also merch available at uh, storyofthefight.com, t-shirts, beanies. Speaking uh, of merch, shout out yeah. Gans Cow in the hey, comments already. Gans shirt recently. I love it. It looked fantastic, too. That picture looked hard. I know, right? I'm like, what this shit? Yeah, dude, it was serious, but hey, appreciate the uh, the support. Any way the support may come, right? Whether it's just yeah, subscribing, letting friend know, anything. We really appreciate it. Uh, but now this fight night, this fight night was not at the Apex. This fight night was in Austin. Yeah. So it, it, it seems to be that whenever they have a fight night outside of the Apex, they tend to stack the car a little bit more, make it a little more fun, you know? It's almost like they have to sell tickets. <laughs> crazy i mean if, if you compare the next apex card to what we just had just on paper like matchup wise it's like oh yeah they had to they had to justify the insane ticket prices they have now so yeah they gotta stack it and they did and i'm thankful because what a night very good what a night you want to yeah, go and get started yeah might as well let's do it all right let's get going with the main event we had armin saryukian versus benil daryush uh going into this how did you have it will I thought Armin was going to steamroll my boy Benil. I like Benil. I think he's cool. He's kind of weird. He's a little different. I like that about him. Doesn't talk a lot of shit. He's very respectful. He's got a fun style. A lot of come from behind victories. A lot of finishes. Been on that a little bit said, of a roll lately. Oh you, yeah, definitely, dude. Yeah, you I mean, know, so big role. He got stopped by Charles Oliveira, um, but and that was the end to his role. But before that, he was like on a tear through the division. Mm-hmm. Um, but that being said, Armin is different. I hate I hate the saying there's levels, right? But Armin is people people like you're only as good as your last performance to a lot of people. And he had that last fight against uh was it uh Joaquin Silva? Was that who it was? Yeah, Joaquin Silva. Uh and he like he didn't steamroll him and everyone was like, Oh, maybe he's not as good as we all thought he was. It's like it's a tough matchup, it's tricky. He's that good. Armin is very talented. So I thought he was yeah. going to steamroll him. What did you think going into it? Going into it, I had Armin Saryukin. I didn't think he was going to steamroll him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought um, 
it, it was going to go uh, to a decision with uh, Armin beating him out. But, uh, you know, your boy, Benil Daryush, with the white hair, looking a lot older in, in that octagon. always had that. No, he even said it, he was... He even said in the lead up, someone was like, yeah, a lot of people think you're slowing down. You're, you're almost out of there. And he was like, I've, I've been getting gray hair. hair since I was 15. I'm, I'm <laughs> used to this. I've heard it all before. <laughs> no, but your boy no, looks snowy and flaky while, you know, he was getting checked out. You know, they're putting the flaky. Vaseline on his head. Yeah, dude. Looked like he had a bunch of like white flakes all over his hair. And uh, so they're <laughs> rubbing the Vaseline on his face. And I thought to myself like, man, did he just get five years older over the last year? Jeez. <laughs> but um, look, Benil – uh, he's what was he ranked going into this? Rank number four, uh, going yeah, into this. Armin Saryukin, rank number eight. But Armin Saryukin is the next generation, right? Uh, and I, I think this is his time for his uh title run right now. Oh, yeah. been, been there, done that. He's already had his opportunity, you know, he's around the end of his career. So I figured that Armin was going to have the tool set needed to be able to be, be uh, Benil. I just didn't think it was going to fashion in which he did beat him by the way yeah. the amount of power he was able to generate right because he goes up for that knee and before the knee even comes back down he throws that right that lands right on the chin yeah. oh nasty yeah Gaskell says uh i called ben <laughs> benny old but he's a year younger than me <laughs> oh, nasty. how old is yeah. he he's 34 which you know oh so I, well you know he's a lot younger than me so yeah but that being said uh that is the age in, in MMA, especially in, in like, I think it's middleweight and below, you know, uh, 35 is like, that's where it starts to really fall off a cliff for a lot of fighters. Um, like so you said, in right this weight there. class for sure, right? Yeah. At the lower weight classes, it's a young yeah. man's game. A hundred percent. Heavyweight, you're hitting your prime. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, definitely. Heavyweights are out there 40 years old getting winning titles. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like you said, going in, like in this fight, um, Armin is just so he's so mechanically sound and so proficient. Um, and yeah, HW Comer, shout out HW Comer says that means you are both old. Hey, uh, shout out HW Comer. Thank you. Yes, I am. Yeah, but it's really <laughs> cool. You know the, the setup, Armin. So he he jabs in, uh, throws the, the overhand. I think it was um, mm -hmm. almost like a casting punch. A lot similar to how Islam does it. How Fedor used to do it. Throws it over. Ends up in the collar tie. Pulls his head down. Throws the knee. Benil is moving away from the knee. You can only move so much, right? You, you, you're going to move away from it. Now, you can't move further that way, right? So like you said, as he's putting the knee down, he follows up with another right hand and catches him as he, he can't roll with it because he already slipped the knee. Uh, and, and it just drops him. And then the follow-up shots were nasty, man. He, he follows yeah. him down. Big I think he hit him with what, what, one follow-up shot, I think. Yeah, it was it was one or two, but even if it was just one, it was a doozy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Who was the ref here? I think it was uh, Mark Smith. Was it? I think so. Uh, yeah, I think he did, did an excellent job. He Mark Smith had a fantastic night. He had yeah, a really good night. Well, yeah, we can cover some that. Of the other ones, huh? Yeah, yeah. We can, we'll we'll be covering that a little bit later. Uh, <laughs> but yes, I think, uh, you I think know the, a, the other person. There's a picture of the follow up shot that was pretty gnarly. The other person I mean, I've seen do that a lot is. Uh, Nate Diaz, right? A lot of times he lifts his leg when he's actually trying to check a kick. And before oh, his yeah. leg comes down, he throws like a quick one too. But there's just not that much power behind it. With mm -hmm. Saryukin, man, like you just saw Benil's jaw kind of like realign. Oh, yeah. After he, across, yeah, 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 yeah. It was right on the money. And uh, uh, Strickland did that, that really quick. well against Izzy. 
his last he did that, he did that, that too performance. He, but yeah. if you're Benil, but see, uh, you're probably the, thinking here's a casting punch right yeah. so you you punch past him i don't think he did it on purpose but you can use it in the moment Benil's covered up he throws the casting punch it's a perfect time to collar tie and throw that knee because that rear leg is ready that rear leg is ready to explode up uh it, it was just fantastic sequence from armin and that's the stuff like that he's so mechanically sound that he can on the fly in those weird exchanges he can do things like that it's like so like you do something like that it's like it's slow motion it's like it must be slow motion to them to be able to do that in that in that speed you know in the moment and for for those not watching on youtube or spotify i uh, highly recommend you do because we actually uh, share pictures uh yeah, right so you can kind of see what we're talking about as we're going through and explaining it uh, you know, and uh, if you're Benil, you're probably thinking, okay, he just just missed with the knee, like just yeah. missed with it. He's probably going to reset, mm-hmm. and then so I'll reset. <laughs> yeah, it's all reset. Uh, he yeah. re- he got reset of he he got shut off actually. Yeah, yeah, he got a little, a little different around. of a reset. Um, but hey, yeah. phenomenal performance uh, by Saryukin. Uh, you know, if he jumps, uh, he should be jumping Fazeev, Gamrot, Chandler, and well, see Saryuk, now, yeah, in this case. We're looking so at the rankings. Four? Yeah, if you're Armin, you know, the, the tricky thing is we're getting to a little bit of a log jam now because do you okay, so Islam was supposed to fight DeBronx. DeBronx had to pull out because of the cut, so he fights uh Volkanovsky instead. Um and then uh so do you do the do you remake it? Do you here's the follow-up shot? Look at Tony Hinchcliffe back there uh screaming like he just witnessed <laughs> right next to tom segura <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, but so yeah do you rebook Oliveira because he had the title shot and then he had to pull out so he no one he didn't like lose a fight right but then yep. now gage he just won the bmf belt he knocked out poirier yep. who is number three so he kind of <clears> deserves <throat> a title shot i think if you knock out uh, poirier with the head kick deserve a title shot and then Gamrot was the backup for for Oliveira, and they skipped him for the title shot. So there's three people <laughs> who like have an argument for a title shot, oh, and geez. now Armin just knocked out number four in the first round disaster. in like a minute. So it's like, and not only that, it's almost Ramadan. <laughs> oh, so you, well, Islam's got like one fight left. That, like <laughs> before he wants to fight before Ramadan. I don't know if it's gonna happen. You get maybe a fight. A fight at the end of the year with him again, and then Dustin. Uh, there was something he posted where it was like title shot or I retire or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right? I don't. I don't take too much faith into what he says on Twitter. Though. Yeah, he likes yeah, to stir but, the pot. But I'm thinking, <laughs> give me Poirier versus uh, Sarukian. That's exactly what I was going to say. That's what you do. Yeah, and he also said, to, right? He's also said, I only want to take fights that scare me. That's a scary dude right there. That's how he. That's how he turned down the Darius fight. It was like I, he doesn't. He doesn't scare me. I only want to fight, take fights that scare me. Armin goes out and starches him. That music he yeah. walked out to. It, oh, it, it sounded like terrifying, dude. Oh yes, about <laughs> yeah. to go to war. You know, I was it's like, oh happy. my god. Uh, and and he went out there like he did, dude. It, it was fantastic. So I was super impressed by uh, Saryukian. Uh, you know, Benil Daryush, uh, tough go on this one. And uh, I think there is no more title run at this point for Benil. I agree. And, it, and I, it's unfortunate because it would have been cool to see him get a shot. But, you know, he got to a contender fight. You yep. know, So that's a, that's, that's a lot more than most people. Good career for uh, Benil. I'm not talking about him like he already retired. 
I'm pushing them into retirement. Put them out to pasture. <laughs> I know, dude. Jeez, what am I doing? Well, like, great, great job, man. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, do you want to go on to the uh, co-main event? Yeah, this is the. We're only skipping one fight for this entire card, so this card was we fun. might breeze through some of them. <laughs> so we had we had Turner versus Green in this one, man. Jalen Turner taking this fight on a short notice. Going into Nine this. Days. I was a little concerned because they were interviewing Turner and he was like, man, I didn't really want this fight, you know? And then they're like, so was it one of those things where I was like, you have to take it? And he's like, pretty much. He goes, he goes, he turned it down. They called him because, because Bobby Green was supposed to fight Dan Hooker uh, for the co event. Would have been a fucking banger. Hooker Reed damaged his arm. The one that broke from Jalen Turner, uh, from the high kick that Jalen Turner oh, came back full circle. Um, yeah. Uh, so then he takes his opportunity for a co spot. Uh, despite losing that fight, um, takes it on nine days' notice. Uh, he said he declined. He didn't want it. He wasn't ready. Said no. And then they were like, "So what did what did they offer you? Like insane money?" He was like, uh, "Yeah, I don't know, uh, something like that, I guess." And then they were like, "Was the second fight or was the second call uh, pr- pretty much? You have to take this." And he was like, "Yeah, pretty much." And he was like, I didn't want to take this. He notoriously yeah. has a very hard time cutting to 155. He's six foot three. I'm six foot yeah. three. I'm not in bad shape, but I'm two two ten. Yeah. You know? And I'm lanky too, kinda. I'm I'm not as lanky as him, but I cannot imagine what it what it takes to cut to, to one fifty five. Uh so on nine days notice, there's no camp. That's all weight cut. Uh some of the Rough. reporters were trashing him too for being like a little like irritable during those interviews and stuff. And it's like, fuck you guys. You guys get to go home and eat in and out. And like, meanwhile, this dude's starving himself for nine days yeah. to go to a, go to war. Uh, against Bobby green. Who's game. Yeah. Very game. <laughs> yeah. And so Bobby, uh, green, this picture. <laughs> very game. Bobby green. We all know he's going to come out hands down. You know, he shoots from the hips. He's really quick. He has great head movement, which is what allows he's, him to come in with this, the, the, that defense. Yeah, right, this darting he, punchy throws. So sick. Yeah, it's money. It's money. Yeah. But going into this, look, I had Bobby Green going into this. But <laughs> going into this, I, I, I thought that Green was going to have a tough matchup. It, it's it's not a very good matchup for him. And as he's going in with that worst. defense, yeah, that, that length, right? He's going mm-hmm. in with that defense, hands low. He relies so much on just getting missed by punches. Yeah, just missing right where he can come back and counter. So in the beginning, he's going, he's going, and then uh, Jalen throws this right jab at the exact same time that Bobby is leaning out of it, dipping out, and throws that big right, and he lands right on Turner. And I was like, okay, so maybe he yeah, found a way nice. he can close the distance. But then Turner made that read. Yes, Turner also saw that. <laughs> oh, man, and as Bobby dips away, that long lanky arm continues going all the way down. Yeah. And meets Bobby's Green's uh, temple, if I remember correctly. Look at that shot right there. And yeah, well, well, this is like, you know, like you said, Bobby. Bobby's best matchups are like power throwers. You know, guys who are like swingers. You know, like guys like, you know, Michael Chandler. Uh, he lost the fight to Dover, but he was piecing him up before that. Like those types of guys who swing super hard and they're head hunting and stuff like that. The way you beat somebody like this is you be a sniper and you be um you know you be long you fight them long like Jalen Turner can't because like what do you most fighters like the there's like oh if I'm fighting this style 
this is the first thing I want to try to do. And usually someone who's real slippy with their head movement, it's go to the body, right? Because the body doesn't move the same way the head does. You're not going to miss nearly as much. The other thing you can do is just bang them with kicks because as they're moving their head, you can just throw body kicks, throw high kicks, uh, and they're not going to necessarily slip them. They're just, it's just going to bang them and rattle them. And it's like, maybe that'll slow down the movement. There was a little bit of that from Turner, right? He was throwing the high kick, throwing the body kicks. But the big thing was he just made the read, dude. This this guy is surgical with his striking. He's had issues with his grappling, right, with like Gamera and stuff like that. But like, like you said, he throws the jab. Bobby slips away. He double jabs. And Bobby slips uh, against uh, around the, uh, the the punch and then throws the hook, the same side hook, over the jab. And that's how that's how he caught him, right? He slips back, he slips again to the outside, and then as he slips to the outside, he can almost use that slip to pull the left hook over. Um, but then Turner, like you said, he he made the read, dude, because he got caught with that once and was like, "Cool, that's what he's doing." And Bobby just kept; he was too repetitive with his slips. Mm. It was always away to the outside, yeah. throw the left hook away to the outside, throw the left hook, and like you said, the the second time. He just punches him right on the slip, right? Like he slipped into the into the second punch, the follow-up. And then it, it rattles him. He's wobbly. He steps away. And then, bam, one, two. Again, he he punches him where he slipped. Uh, and then and then it's just the worst, the worst possible thing. Because like, I picked Turner, but I was hoping Bobby. Because I love Bobby. I think, yeah. you know, a lot of people, he gets unwarranted hate, in my opinion, a lot of times guys like him who are kind of confrontational people are like, oh, I don't like him, blah, blah, blah. He has a lot of hate, but I love him. And watching him take 30 unanswered shots and have to get knocked out twice is just horrible. What an embarrassment for the sport, it's right? To, to have that happen. Uh, so after he gets dropped, you know, he falls face down kind of uh, tries to protect the side of his head with his hands, right? But Jalen, yeah. you know, mounts him on while he's on his back, starts Could you, would raining you call down it shots. When he, fell? when he first fell? I, I would call I think, it after he took the first shot after he first fell. I, I Yeah, I think the way he fell, uh, he didn't try to brace his fall or anything. I think the way he fell, yeah, you're like one shot, I'm, I'm calling this. I think exactly the same thing. Yeah, just one shot, it's done. Uh, and... To see Bobby Green trying to defend, he gets hit, hands go down, he gets hit again, hands go back up because he came back too, and then he takes another shot where his eyes are closed, his head's just on the side, he's laying sideways, and he still eats two, three more shots while and he's then completely turns defenseless. To his belly. <laughs> and then turns to his belly, has his hands just like this as he's getting swung around with punches. Uh, and then he goes out again, out cold. It, it should never be... Daniel Cormier yelled, he's out again. That should never happen. Commentators should never have to yell, he's out again. You know? And look at where so the ref is Kerry Hatley, right? And again, uh, said Bobby picture. Green should get one free round with Kerry Hatley. Uh, <laughs> he absolutely should. He absolutely should, yeah. Uh and look at where he is. He's right on top of the action. What are you yeah. doing? What what, what else what do you are need you doing? to see? Look at his look at Bobby's legs. Look at his left arm. Yeah. That's not someone who's fighting back and or inte- intelligently defending himself. Look at DC. DC oh, was discuss- DC called him out in the interview, the post fight interview. He yeah, was like what do you think about that stoppage? Like what the hell was that? And look, Kerry Hatley normally 
I, I honestly, I, I don't know if there's any other ref that, can you think of one other Kerry Hatley controversy? To his credit, I don't think I can think of one other time he's been on the spotlight. And, you know, but quite honestly, like, I don't see him that often. He's not dude, there he's, every single weekend, is he? He's pretty good, dude. He he gets around, yeah. Uh, H.B. Comer says that ref always makes terrible decisions and it will happen again. Well, that's how I eat my words. I don't remember any, but apparently he always has a bunch. Um, Look, all I know is that when something like this happens, what where's the accountability, right? Like, yeah. this guy should be suspended. This guy should – he needs to be he held accountable says, somehow. No, he's terrible. Yeah, he should for <clears> sure be suspended. Um, for sure suspension. I don't know what they do behind the scenes. The athletic commissions are notorious for not holding themselves accountable. Um, I would like to see some other ones from him because I, I honestly can't think of any time he's been in the spotlight. Um, I'd like to think see like some other ones because um, I traditionally I don't think he's like you know he's not Mazagati he's not you know um, Yamasaki he's not uh, Tayoni. Um, I think he was the one that was refing that zombie girl versus Valentina fight. Was that the bar one? Zombie girl. <clears throat> I'm not too sure exactly which one. That I'm not sure, is, but the track record, he's not, I, I don't think people, most people probably don't even know his name. You know what I mean? Whereas there's some refs that people know their name because of how bad they are. That's what I'm trying to say. But this is still inexcusable. Uh, Dana said, Dana didn't blast him. Dana was like, he knows he fucked up bad. Uh, some, sometimes you get refs who defend it. I let them be a warrior, but he was, he knew he was pretty bad. Um, but I don't know. I hope there is some kind of accountability. It, it doesn't seem like there is usually, you know, I, I, but I don't yeah. know. Maybe they just don't talk about it because they, they really don't like to admit when they make mistakes, the athletic commission. So maybe they just do it behind the scenes, but it doesn't seem like it. No, I don't think they're going to do anything. I, yeah. I really don't, you know, and it's uh, that that's just how it goes with this uh, with any athletic state commission. I feel like I, I know we like any to, commission uh, rag a lot on the, you can take yeah. sports out of it. Out of it. Yeah, uh, <laughs> we we like to rag a lot on the Nevada State Athletic Commission, but really, uh, they're they're not the only ones that uh, they have New things York's like this pop up. Yeah. On New yet. York's got to be the worst. It's got to be right. Calif- California, you know what? Pretty pretty damn good. California's pretty good. And so, you know, I, I know that recently we've also been like, man, that was an early stoppage. I, I quite honestly, I'd rather see an early stoppage than what we saw last night. Yeah. You know, and the, the question is, is now Hatley, is he going to be quicker to pull the trigger going forward because he doesn't want this to happen? You know, like these types of things can like mess with you. If, if he truly did, I, I want to give him the benefit of the doubt and think that he probably, if, if Dana said that he knew he fucked up, we've all seen Dana go after refs. He has no allegiance to the athletic commission, especially now he's bigger than them. But I think he just needs to go in there and, and remind himself, like the first time somebody gets knocked out, I need to stop it. Yeah, yeah. And but he'll be like, fine. But he's a human, right? So like if he is internalizing this and he's like, fuck, I fucked that up so bad. I feel so bad. Bobby took so much damage. Like Ganskow said, this fight could mess up Bobby Green going further. He might be done uh, at this age. Like this is career altering potentially. If he's internalizing all that, how do you go in and ref? And, and just, he's a human. How do you just wipe that out of your brain? You know, if I fucked somebody up somebody also. Bad, Hold Bobby Green back. Like when he stood back up to go say, like, yeah. uh, or to <laughs> congratulate Jan Derner, and he's still like wobbling over there. It's like yeah. somebody tell him, dude, take a seat. Yeah. He'll be able and to he, congratulate but, him after. And to that point, uh, it, it's a different topic, but because of the, the same thing. But, you know, people, people hate on Bobby a lot because of his antics and his bravado, and he talks a lot of shit, stuff like that. First off, Turner said 
the first few minutes when he started talking shit, it completely like frazzled him. And he was like, oh shit. And then he had to hear his coaches and his coaches brought him back in. He was, got focused again. But for, for a bit, he was like, uh, I don't know what to do about this. So it works. Secondly, yeah. watch the Dober fight. Watch this fight. Watch him post fight after getting knocked out. And look how fucking cool he is with the guys who just knocked him out. He goes over to Tony. He's like, what'd you get me with? And he's like, happy. He's like, like not happy, but like, he's like, you know, it's not like, it's just bravado. Some people need that to fight, you know? And, yeah, you know, you look at someone, I think what someone does in a loss, post-fight, especially knockout loss, that says more about people's character more so than probably pretty much anything else you see from them because a lot of it's promotion, a lot of it's, you know, uh, selling an image because you have to have an image these days. But who people are after a fight, especially after knockouts, when they lose, that says more about someone's character. And I think that's, that's what I see in Bobby Green, and it sucks that a lot of people don't see that, and they like to take the image and hate on that. But maybe that's you know that's that comes in uh, that's part of it with the territory. Know, it, yeah, it comes with the yeah, territory when you when you're going to be acting that way and for. trying to sell fights that way. Yeah, for sure, it comes with the territory. Yeah. You sign up for it, right? So, hundred percent. Oh man. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I think we can all agree. Kerry Halley did a shitty job. Uh, yeah. Also, on. please stop. People are giving them death threats and shit on Instagram. That's not cool. I don't think he should get death threats, but I agree with Dan yeah. Scal. Let him go in there with Bobby Green. One round, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is pretty much as good as a death threat, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It's, man, it's got to be a shitty feeling to be a fighter outside of taking the actual damage of a bad stoppage. But, like, to to hear everything about your fight is, is man, the ref let him take too much. Like, that's got to suck, dude. Like, the, just like the, if you're Bobby Green, you're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's got to suck when that's the story. The story of the fight is how much unnecessary damage you took. God, that's got to be bad. That's got to suck. You think uh, that sucks more than his uh, headaches that he's probably going to have for the next month? Jeez, dude. Yeah, for the that was insane. Life. Yeah. All right. We're stoppage since uh, Aldo versus Jan? I think probably, right? It's been a while since we had a very late stoppage. Not, like at, not if you ask Dom. Dom <laughs> yeah, Dominic Cruz was like, great revenue. Bobby could have yeah. come back. <laughs> <laughs> Get me Kerry Hatley in my next fight. Yeah. All right. Uh, we can move on. <laughs> we'll move on to the next fight uh davison figueredo versus rob font this one man so the fight's getting started and in my head i'm just thinking man you know every once in a while we see these fighters and we're like man this fighter's a tweener right like too big uh, for the previous yeah. division too small for the next division and seeing figueredo stand next to rob font i thought to myself he might be one of those tweeners that has a hard time at bantamweight and yeah, then for context this is his first fight Outside of flyweight, he went up a weight division for this fight. Which everybody would say he had the worst time cutting weight. Yeah. Getting down, right, to uh to flyweight. So and and he, I, I thought he looked a little small. Still ripped. Yeah. Still ripped, but I thought he looked Shredded. a little small. Wait, wait in with his sweatpants on, by the way. There you go. But then <laughs> he lands that first jab on Rob Font and it stops Rob in his tracks. Yeah, changed like, the stop, whole fight. stops him in his tracks. And I said, oh, my Lord, this power carried over. Yeah, it translates. Oh, my and Lord. I, I think the matchmaking in this was very, very good because, you know, Figueredo's a former champion um, and, you know, former champion of the weight class below. He goes up. He didn't get an immediate title shot. Obviously, that's not the right move. But, you know, he's coming in. Uh, Rob Font's number eight. Rob Font has been, like, 
I don't know if he's been in the top five. He's definitely been close. I think he probably was at one point, I think. Um, Rob Font? But Yeah, I think he was top oh, five yeah. at one point, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but if you look at the way Rob Font fights and, like, you know, you look at the Cheeto Vera fight, you look at the Jose Aldo fight, like, he's so good with volume, volume, volume. But really, anytime he gets hit with a good shot, he really wears it. You know, not just mm-hmm. visibly on his face, but he it, he's he's not very stable in his in like in his stance and like his body language shows it. He shows it, yeah. So it's like this is a good entry point for Figueredo. If the power translates, he'll have success against someone like Rob Font. Probably, I thought it was just a very good matchup. And if he's too small, then we'll know because if he doesn't hurt Rob Font with a punch, then he's not hurting anybody in this division, basically. Yeah. Right? Um, and like you said, that that first punch changed the whole fight right away because you saw you know rob font he he's a one-two merchant that's what he does right he's a one-two guy same with the calvin cater you know that 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 new england cartel straight punches he's so good at it but then you know he was losing the boxing matchup to adrian yanez initially in that fight um and how he got the finish was you know he switched like a hockey style where you know in box if you're getting outboxed in boxing Tough shit. It's gonna be a long night. In MMA, you can take him down, or yep. you can single collar tie, and you can rough him up in the clinch, like a, like hockey fighting, right? That's what he did to Giannis. He was losing the actual boxing, ends up grabbing him behind the head and just right hand, right hand, right, hand, and just destroyed him, right. And it seemed like once Figueroa landed on him good, he was like, "I'm gonna do that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and he kept reaching and he was following him and he wasn't getting behind the one two like he normally does and every time he would do that he would get clipped on the inside you know that uppercut from Figueroa was so good the whole fight uh he started adjusting a little bit landed good elbows in the clinch uh font did um, but for the most part he was just reaching and following and he just never really implemented like i think that first shot was like he was like oh shit this dude hits yeah. hard and it changed yeah, shout everything. out Regen. Says, I'm late, but I made it. Welcome, Regen. Hey, shout out Regen. And HLB oh, Comer good says, this went... too. Yeah. HLB Comer says, this went pretty much like the Verified. Font struggles with power. Yeah. And, he does. Yeah. And, and even outside of the Verified, you know, uh, like the Verified, Font was piecing him up, piecing him up, piecing him up. Then he get, gets caught. Piecing him up, piecing him up. Then he gets caught. He didn't really piece up Figueredo too much this fight. You know, Figueredo yeah, you came know, out of this pretty good. The other thing that Figueiredo did a really good job of since the very beginning, he was uh, mixing in the level change, right? Uh, yeah. And he threatened with the level change often. And Rob Font knows uh, he he's a striker, he's a boxer. Uh, Figueiredo can grapple, uh, so mm-hmm. it just kept him thinking about yeah. that. Very early in the fight, he started doing that, yeah. which was very smart on right. Figueiredo's part. Uh, and to Font's credit, when he would get taken down, right back up, which was you know when he just lost to Sanhagen, he just got controlled the whole. He couldn't get off off his back, so. That was kind of cool to see that he he developed that a little bit of a better bottom game. Um, but yeah. yeah, like you said, sorry, I didn't want to cut you off, but I just want to give him credit good. for that. No, I wonder how much of that's Figadeo thinking like, yo, I'm going to beat you standing, but I want to show you I could take you down. And how much of it is, you know, this is not a large bantamweight on top of me. If you're fine, yeah, it's a guy coming up from flyweight. I can get up yeah, a little bit easier. He stands easy. up and he's just wearing them, yeah. Um, yeah. Now, that third round, Figgy wobbles font. Yeah, wobbles. And then Fob, uh, Font goes up against the fence, and I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, go to the body, Figgy. Go to the yeah. body. And Figgy cocks back the right hand, and he's like, huh, huh, 
like just yeah. threatening him with it and he finally throws it and Fom just ducks under it and i was like bro <laughs> go to the body please yeah he Fonts head move is good yeah he probably could have uh that's one two fonts credit again another thing to his credit like like the vera fight the aldo fight this fight he gets wobbled a lot but his recovery is very good very good recovery he'll he'll get Especially initially you give hurt. him a chance to recover and you're just going, <laughs> yeah huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, because his head movement is so good. Like you said, he should have went to the body. There was one nice body shot uh, that Figgy landed. I think there's a picture in here maybe, but um, with the right hand. It, w- it wasn't like a liver shot or anything, but I would have liked to see more body body work. Uh, but here's look, here's Font reaching for that, that clinch, you know? Like, he was doing that a lot. Yeah. Um, I think that power shook him early, dude. Had to. Yeah. Probably wasn't expecting it. All right. Well, uh, fantastic flat. performance by Figadeo, though. He's probably going to be moving into that number eight spot uh, at yeah. Bantamweight. And now the what question is, who's yeah, next? What do you do? Should Let me uh, read off who shot. Yeah. Well, Right? So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you have Song Yidong. Who's fighting next week, MMA. right? Uh, yep. Uh, Chido Marlon Vera, uh, who's fighting who's for fighting the title. Piotr Jan? Ooh. Jan versus <laughs> Figueredo is a banger, dude. <laughs> Oh, dude, I'm getting all excited just thinking about it. Yeah, that's a good uh, Yeah, Corey Sanhagen. You have Triple C, um, Rob Wallishvili. Yeah. Uh, best autograph know. in the game, by the way. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Aljamain right? Stewart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like a first grader who wrote it. Yeah, so so Aljo's done. He's he's going up to featherweight. Uh, yep. Marab probably wants one fight for the uh, a, a, a contender fight, right? Maybe Cejudo. I don't know. Uh, Sanhagen is booked against uh, Umar, I think. I think is it Umar or Said? Uh, that uh, Sanhagen's booked. He's one of the Nirmaga Medovs. Um, you know, if you go down the line, there's no way they're giving him Cejudo. They train together, and it's way too high of a jump. And Cejudo's not taking fights like that. Um, Marab, I don't think he's going to fight that far down. Sanhagen's booked. Piotr Jan's not. Cheeto's booked. Song Yudong's fighting tomorrow. Or next weekend. Next weekend, yeah. So it's Piotr Jan's the only person who's available, in my opinion. Maybe depending on what Song Dong does, maybe they do that, but I doubt it. Um, but that Piotr Jan fight is fucking sick. What if he just toss like if he doesn't fight Piotr Jan? What if you do just toss him up against a Marab? Yeah, but I don't think Marab's doing that. I don't think Marab's. You think he's waiting it now. out? I don't know what the hell he's doing. <laughs> You're you're fighting a former champion of your Marab. Granted, it was uh at flyweight, right? But if they if they throw that out there and say, "Hey, former champion, dude," like it's not just some scrub off the street, you know. It, he's a Dios de Geha, you know, the god of war, bro. Yeah. So why not? Toss him yeah, in there. but I think are they trying to book Cejudo versus Marab? Oh, that'd be a banger too. That'd I be think a lot they're of fun. trying to book that. Oh yeah, H.O.B. Comer says Marab is fighting Henry next. Yeah, I, I, that's what I thought. So, which makes Regen, sense. Right? any because, fight in the top five is a banger for Figgy. Absolutely. Yeah, it's got to be either Piotr Jan. Yeah, I mean, and if if Song Yidong wins next weekend, then he's got to fight up. So, I don't think they do that. But, yeah. but man. What man, a, it just man, all worked out for uh, Cheeto Vera, huh? With uh, yeah, <laughs> with Sean O'Malley getting the the title and then having yeah. that history, it just worked out perfectly for him. Yeah, because what was Cheeto's last fight? Uh, Pedro Munoz getting the title shot off of Pedro Munoz. No disrespect, but come on. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, good for him though. Good for him. All right, he just uh, ranked ten, by the way. Getting a title yes. shot off of that, which don't get me wrong, it's a fun fight. I'm excited for it. You ready for the next fight? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go. We had Sean Brady versus Calvin Gaslam. Calvin Gaslam fighting again at welterweight. Uh, this is the division for him, man. He needs to be fighting at welterweight. Yeah, I guess. I mean, he, he's middleweight, no bueno. This yeah, is actually true. the best shape I've seen him in in a while. Yeah, I mean, he got back down to 170. He looked – I, I don't know what to do with Kellen, man. I just – because, I mean, he got dominated. I, every, yeah. Everyone was saying this is the perfect fight for Kelvin Gaston to go back to 170. If he can get in shape, he'll be a world beater at 170 again. He was a contender originally. You know, he fought he fought Tyron Woodley for, a, for the title contender, uh, yeah. for the title shot. Um, took him to a split decision, I think. Uh, and everyone's like, Sean Brady's super overrated. He's not very good. He just he lost a striking match to Bilal Muhammad, this and that. This is the perfect fight. And then Sean Brady goes out there and just absolutely dominates him. Man, you know, him. I, I don't know what Kelvin takedown. does at this point. You know, uh, single leg takedowns, trips. There, there's cool a beautiful trips, trip where he man. takes, uh, you know, Calvin's back, right? And he has a grip around his waist. And he just yeah. moves him a little bit to the left. And right before Gaslam plants, boom, he just kicks his uh, left leg out from underneath him, trips him straight down again. Everything looks so effortless uh, yeah, for Tom Brady last him. night. Yeah, yeah. It, it was surprising. Outposition him, um, you know, like, and and Kelvin looked like he couldn't like find his feet. Like he was throwing punches. He was throwing that one two that he always throws, which I thought was going into this. I was like, you know, Sean Brady struggled with straight punches from Bilal Muhammad, and Kelvin's. Bread and butter is straight punches. He throws that long two behind his jab. He covers it with his feet. But in this fight, he was like slipping and stumbling and overreaching. And I was like, what's going balance. on with Kelvin, man? I thought he was going to look so much better at 170. Um, Regen says, Kelvin did get dominant. I have no clue where he goes from here. His best years were spent at the wrong weight class. 100%. Mm. Man, do you remember his fight against Izzy? One of the best of all time. Incredible. Incredible. One of the best fights of all time. Yeah, um, he, might, he lost you know, part of so himself in that fight. If we're being he did, honest. he did. And you see fights like that from Calvin, and you see what he can be, right? And then you have fights like last night where you're just left thinking, like, what happened? Yeah. What happened? And, and you know, one of the, uh, the things with uh, Calvin coming up uh, through tough even was mm -hmm. his wrestling pedigree. Yeah. Yeah. Right. A strong wrestler, state champion, I believe, in uh, high school state wrestling. Granted, it was high school, but either way, hey, to be a state champion, yeah. you got to know how to how to wrestle a little bit, you know? Yeah. Um, got out grappled. Uh, he didn't do very well in the striking. Um, he, I, I just don't know what to say with yeah. Calvin. And credit where credit's due, Sean Brady looked fucking incredible in this fight. He looked so good. His transitions, his takedown, like you said, his positional awareness, you know, threatening with the arm, with the the choke, switching to the arm. Like, I mean, it was just it was a sick performance from Sean Brady. Very and we knew all, he had good jiu-jitsu, but um, I mean, man. Regent says the fight against Izzy was great. The KO of Bisping was also a highlight of his middleweight run, which was those that one too. Those straight punches were so fast. Oh, so and fast. dude, by the way, the Kimura, as soon as he steps over the head like that for leverage, it's a wrap. Game over. It's a wrap. Game over. Oh, one thing uh, I do want to say from Kelvin. Uh, Sean Brady was on his back. We had the body triangle. He he breaks the lock of the body triangle, steps over the right hook, steps over the right hook. Once he does that, his now he's now positioned a little bit better off to the side. He's not one-to-one -one with him. Reaches back with the other side, 
grabs the head, peels him off, turns into him, grabs the the ankle, pulls it out from under him. It was a slick reversal from Kelvin Gastelum. That was fucking that was sick. awesome. That was that the was coolest awesome. part of the fight, honestly. That that was then a he was taken very down again. good escape. Then he was taken down again. <laughs> man, cool. It was really cool, man. I, I, it I, was. I almost forgot about it, but uh, it was. Re- uh, Regen says the fight against Izzy was great. The KO of Bisbing was also a highlight of his middleweight yeah. run. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Hob Comer brings up the fact that uh, you know, he he was so focused probably on that weight cut, they forgot he had to win uh the fight too. And that was, I'm sure that was a huge victory for him just being able to make 170 again. Yeah. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, your boy over here tries to lose five pounds and I struggle. You know what I mean? So (laughs) I can only imagine. All right. We we can move on to the next one here. Uh, We're still going in order here, huh? Yeah, we're covering all these fights. All right. We had Joaquin Silva versus Clay the Carpenter Guida. Not the same without his hair. Not the same without his hair. Um, Lost a little bit of power there. But you know what? He hasn't lost his his chin, dude. He ate a high kick. Yeah, he ate a high kick flush this fight that I was like, oh. And then he, for a second, I was like, well, that's it. And then it wasn't. He just ate it. That's Ran actually on my through. notes. I put down, how is Guida still so durable? Yeah. Yeah. And you're it's looking insane. at the shots that Silva's throat, that uppercut was so good from Silva. You know, Silva made a great adjustment late in the fight by throwing uh, like the front kick to the body, front kick up top, uppercuts, like those up the middle attacks. Because if someone's just constantly level changing, that's what you want to meet them with. Yeah, it was a very good adjustment because I had it one to one going into the third. Um, I yeah, the first round yeah, was second Silva. round. Guida yeah, second with round the relentless Guida. takedowns. Dude, relentless. He, he picked him up like and a pit bull. I was like, let's go. And look, dude, you, you know, know I'm a big Team Alpha Male fan, lead. right? Yeah. And my notes boys. I put down: Team Alpha Male is turning into Team Damaged Male. Think about all their big <laughs> fighters right now and how much damage yeah. they take in every single fight, man. Yeah, it's true. You know, it's a different. Different era for Team Alpha Male. Yeah, but that work ethic, man, is second to none over there. Oh, like, these guys just they grind it's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy, Absolutely. dude. Absolutely. And then now, there's a uh, part where um, Silva tries to get Guida in a guillotine, and I'm like, Oh yeah, <laughs> he's gonna get out of that. No problem. Guy? You know how many times that? Yeah, you can't <laughs> guillotine an Alpha Male guy. Get out of here. Sure yeah. enough, Guida just kind of like picks, picks him up a little bit, and just shoves him down, and just pops <laughs> yeah. out. I was like, easy peasy, dude. It does yeah. end in sleep, probably. Man, but so that good. second round from Clay Guida was so fucking cool, man. Because he lost the first round, and it's it's hard to win a, to change the tides in a fight, and it's even harder when you're 100 years old. Uh, and, <laughs> you know, he did do that second round was fucking awesome. But then, like I it said, was. Silva made a great adjustment in that third round, started going up the middle a lot more uh, and got the win. But it was, it was a fun fight. And it was cool to see a legend like this, like, go to war a little bit, you know, and not, and not be fragile. Retire. Who knows, man? Who knows? Dude, he was still landing some bombs on the third round. He was, He was still trading. (laughs) Yeah, he does such a good job of, like, hopping into range and throwing those over-the-top hooks a little bit, you know? There was that over-the-top. His head is buried in your chest. Right. That landed right (laughs) on Silva's nose. And when he did, because Silva was pressuring and just swinging, trying to put him out because he saw that he was hurt. And Guido lands that big right. And after that big right landed, he took a step back. Silva did. He was like, all right, let me. Let me not do that here. again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I can't just go at that like this guy. All right. Nah, it, was, it was cool, though, man. And to see after the fight, they, they give him the decision. Clay Guida is super cool. It was just – it was a good night, dude. Outside of the late He didn't stoppage. pretend to retire this time? To yeah, get some yeah. time? That was good? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Remember when that he did awesome. that? That was awesome. Dana was so pissed. <laughs> yeah, what a legend, dude. I forgot he did that. It was fucking yeah. awesome, dude. It was like to wish his 
mom a happy birthday or something yeah. like that. I don't even remember, but he's like, takes his gloves off and they're like, Guida, I think it's, uh, you have something to say. And goes, yeah, man, happy birthday to, uh, yeah. <laughs> he just walks off. <laughs> classic, dude. So classic. Oh, All look right. at this takedown right here, dude. Come on. Oh, that was so much, uh, so much fun to watch. Yeah. Look at that. It was a fun fight, dude. I really it liked it. All right, we'll move on here. Uh, we also had Dustin Soltzfus versus Punahele Soriano. Punahele Soriano, uh, who throws bombs. Overhand left, and that's it. That's what <laughs> but, I did uh, when I first dangerous. downloaded the UFC game was I figured out one punch that works, and I just kept on hitting that button over and over again. Yeah, dude, yeah. Uh, until somebody stopped it. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> figured it out. And Stoltzfus figured it out, man. Man, his kicks, dude. I would, I wasn't expecting him to kick so well. He was throwing so many kicks that Punahele just kept getting stopped in his tracks because of the kick. Not necessarily going to like finish him with a body kick or anything like that, but he just got stopped in his tracks over and over. There was a very cool open side counter from uh, Soriano with that overhand left. Um, you know, Southpaw versus uh, versus uh, uh, Orthodox. Orthodox. Open side. A lot harder to land that overhand or the the rear hand in an open stance like that. It was a very cool counter because. Uh, Stoltzfus kind of came in with the one-two. Uh, Punahele stepped outside of it and then threw the overhand left. Very cool open side counter. But that was about it. Other than that, Stoltzfus was landing on him. Dude. Straight punches. Straight punches beat overhands, you know? Yep, um, absolutely. And uh, Stoltzfus ends up uh, taking uh, Soriano's back, right? Well, he dropped and... him at the end of the first, right? Like right at the, right oh, at the that's point right, that's right. Him. That was sick. Yeah, and, and that was after was like, Soriano was landing that left bomb a few times to that first round, and then you yeah. uh, you end the round like that. Imagine what that does for his psyche too. Like he's like, all yeah. right, man, I'm landing on this guy, I'm landing on this guy. God dropped, end around. You're like, oh no, wait. Yeah, it, it's not gonna be as easy as I thought. HW Comer uh, says uh, Soriano's defense was eating that left until the other guy gets too tired to land it. Yeah, and and Stoltz, you talked about Clay Guido with the back take, uh, or no, Sean Brady with the back take, but. Man, the way he slipped under that punch, grabbed him, took his back, picked him up, and dropped him. Fucking sick, dude. So yep. fast, dude. It wasn't a big, like, strenuous lift and then slam. It was just, like, up and down real quick. Just a straight-up mat. I mean, not a mat return because he wasn't. He didn't come Old school down. rock bottom for anybody that uh, used to watch Ooh. WWE back in the day. The rock bottom. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> he's like, wait, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> 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 no, but uh, a good performance there. Uh, Very good. By Stoltzfus. And uh, H.O.B. Comer saying, you know, that his defense is uh, getting hit until the other guy gets tired. He's Hawaiian, right? From the hell is Soriano? Yeah. I think so, right? They have the hardest heads in the world, man. Like, think about yeah. all these Hawaiians that we watch fight. They just are so durable. Yeah. I mean, BJ Penn in his prime especially, dude. Uh, Punahele, Holloway, Polo, Holloway, yeah, crazy chins, dude. Yeah, I don't, crazy I don't chins. know. Crazy I think Maki, eating, I don't know. Maki Patola's Hawaiian, right? Sounds like it, maybe. I'm pretty sure he coconut, is. Coconut bombs, better coconut be. bombs. Yeah, yeah, Hawaiian. All right, want to move on from this one? Good, good win from Stolfus. He looked really good this fight. Now we get to see the resurgence and talk about the resurgence. Of Misha Tate. Misha Tate going up against <laughs> Julia <Crazy>. Avila. <laughs> I know, right? Uh, so right off the bat, Misha Tate comes out, and she does this huh, 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 like triple jab from yeah, a just distance. The just the From <laughs> a distance. Yeah. You know, and I was like, I don't know if she landed any of those, but she closed the distance 
by shoving her up against the fence, and then she goes yeah. to the clinch. And this is something that you know, you know, women's MMA gets a little bit of hate on stuff like that because you know it's not like technically that good, but it can be effective. And this is something that like Mackenzie Dern needs to learn is use the punches not necessarily to hurt them. Use them just to close the distance and get in on the takedown, you know, because while they're mm-hmm. focusing, even if you're just throwing them out there, they have to either counter or defend. And both of those options leave them successful for takedowns. And that's something that Misha Tate understands better than a lot of fighters, a lot of women's fighters. But, um, you know, it doesn't have to be to land those punches. The downside of that is you get someone with good footwork, decent footwork, and they can just evade those shots and pick you apart. Like, yeah. like uh, Barb did, right? Her last fight, he, she got outclassed and just beat up on the feet because she couldn't close the distance and get the takedown. In fights where she can, her grappling is very good, though. And this is one yeah. of those where, I mean, she just showed up. You know, you know and it's very uh, much to, like, uh, we, we talked about Figueiredo though, and just showing that level change just to give the opponent something else yeah. to think about. For your grapplers, that's kind of like you showing the level change because everybody knows you want to grapple. Everybody exactly. knows you want to take this to the ground. But the very first thing you come out with is this triple jab. Yeah. You're like, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. And then before you know it, you're clinched up against the fence, right? And they're going to get you down. Yeah, 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 exactly. That's the flip side. It's the complete opposite. You're right. Yeah. So Same um, but different. But the, the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I love, though, in the first round, you know, Misha's trying to just get, gain better position, gain better position. I think it comes down to one minute left in the round. And she's like, you know, let me let – me, start landing some ground and pound. Yeah. And she starts landing some ground and pound. And I was very pleased to see it continued in the second round. It continued mm-hmm. in the third round where it wasn't just Misha grappling, but Misha yeah. was delivering some damage as well. Which Dude, was and, cool. and that's, you're right. Cause that's one thing that I thought too, when she got her on the backpack, right? She got, she got the, I don't know if it was a body triangle, but she had her back and she pushes her away and starts landing hammer fists from the back. And I was like, thank you. There's so many fighters that get the back and they're just so focused on getting a choke. But no yes. damage happens, and then you spend the whole round for the control, and you never landed any damage, you know, and you never got the choke. And, you know, she did a good job of landing some good shots from the back. Like you said, it continued through the fight. She did a very good job, too, of any time she – because one of the big fears with ground and pound is that you're going to – during your ground and pound, they're going to be able to create a, a scramble from it and, you know, either sweep you or change positions, get back up. She did such a good job of every every time there was like a split second of a scramble, she stops the ground and pound, out positions her, transitions to something else, moves her over, gets Continuous. her face back. Like she just did such a good job in those positions. Uh, yeah, and then the rear naked choke was disgusting. So gnarly, dude. Because, you know, sometimes panic. it's under the neck. Yeah, the panic. Sometimes, sometimes it's under the neck. Sometimes it's over the chin and it hurts. Sometimes, I've never seen it in UFC at least, Sometimes it's over the teeth and her forearm was over her teeth and she's squeezing and she gets a panic tap. Look at this picture. Look at the mouth. Like, oh, my God. Look at the mouth. (laughs) Oh, my God. That is terrifying. Imagine that kind of pressure on your teeth to where it pulled your mouth guard into your mouth off of your teeth. That must have hurt so bad. Must have been terrifying. I'm losing all my front teeth right now. That's probably what she thought. I'm about to lose all my front teeth. Yeah. Terrifying. Uh, Ganska says Tate versus Rousey 3 incoming for UFC 300. I think I texted you. I was like, dude, if Tate wins this, she's got to call out Rousey for UFC 300. Yeah. But she didn't. Well, she kinda, she I, I think in our group text that we have, somebody sent a link out from, I don't know what outlet it was, that they were, um, they were trying to offer 
what's your name? Rousey, like 15 million or something like that to take the, the fight against Tate. Oh, damn. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a nice chunk of change. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those fights that like, it'll be probably not very good, but just for the legacy, it'd be kind of fun. And just the names, they're going to get so many views just off the names, you know? So yeah, for sure. All right. That was enough on that fight, huh? Uh, yeah. We'll move on. Uh, we had Cody Brundage versus Zach Reese. Okay. Here's where we get into the real fun fights of the night because, you know, <laughs> this was, you know, uh, Cody Brundage, he comes out. I think this is Zach Reese's UFC debut, right? He was 6 yeah, 0. I think he came off the contender series. Yeah. Um, he's never left the first round still. <laughs> by the way, but he's always he, he's got a knockout in the first round, knockout in the first round, knockout in the first round, submission in the first round, knockout, armbar, all in the first round coming into this. Uh, and Brundage comes in and starts swinging and banging immediately, landing big hooks in the clinch. And then he throws a kick. Uh, and we'll go a little slow here on the pictures, Rich. Uh, he throws a high kick. No, you're, you're good on the last one. Uh, that was a perfect spot for that <laughs> one. But uh, just like from here. Um, throws a high kick. And Reese throws a front kick to the body, so he slips out, falls down, but he recovers mid-slip onto that ankle. And Reese, instead of going for position, went for hammer fists and elbows and allowed Brundage to stay on that ankle, get the takedown. And Zach Reese was like, that's fine. I have submissions. He throws up the triangle. And now we can start moving through the pictures, Rich, because Brundage is in the triangle. He lifts him up, Rampage style, you know, Arona. Uh, lifts him up, slams him down onto his head. Uh, this picture is pretty cool because oh. look at the hair of Reese. How much momentum was in that slam? I think this is where he realized he fucked up, right? Right here, where yeah. he like his left hand record goes scratch. up, like, oh no, yeah, the record scratch. You might be what that's yeah. me. You might be <laughs> uh, how I got here. Uh, he gets slammed on his head, uh, knocks him out. Couple follow up shots from Brundage. Um, and it was incredible, mostly. Do you, do you have first off? Do you have anything to say about this one? Or do you want no. to breeze through it? Like now, that, that okay. was the fight. You just described the yeah, fight, right? That was now. the fight. That was so, it. the reason this is even more incredible because slam knockouts out, uh, uh, you, you slam someone out of a submission and you knock them out. That's incredible. That happens once every few years, right? Uh, and it's amazing. But what was so crazy about this, um, is that it also happened in the fight right before this. <laughs> Look at DC and Brendan Fitzgerald in this picture. <laughs> Yeah, because it's awesome. If you listen Good to picture. the commentary of this, when they slam them, the co- all three of them are just screaming over each other because they're like, they're like, "What's happening? This is insane!" <laughs> because it happens once every few years. It happened in back-to-back fights. It yeah. was incredible. So, on that note, very good for Brundage. Uh, first loss for Reese. We can move on to the next fight, uh, Sweet. which is uh, yeah, Close versus Joe Selecki. Yeah, HB Comer says as he was uh, being picked up, he tried to grab Cody's leg with his left hand but didn't catch it. Yeah. Because oh, that'll rough. protect you from the slam, right? You hook, yeah, you hook yeah, the yeah. leg. Um, and that's. Yanskow uh, says the exact same thing. He tried to underhook the leg on the way up, missed it, then paid with the consciousness. Yeah. Paid, paid dearly. <laughs> paid the toll. Paid the yes, toll. Yes, absolutely. Uh, just like Joe Selecki uh, in this next fight, like you said, Drakkar Close versus Joe Selecki. Joe Selecki, very good jujitsu. Uh, this fight, I was this is a pick em for me. I thought Drakkar Close could knock him out easily on the feet, uh, or Selecki could sub him very easily. And within like 30 seconds, Selecki had him down with the takedown. It was like Ooh. quick takedown. And one thing that was cool about this, um, you know, Selecki takes him down into half guard on the left side, um, and his body is in between uh, Close and the fence. 
And it's very different because you'll see uh, HB Commerce slam dunk contest winner. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's very cool to see shifts in fights where like Demetrius Johnson versus Rod Tang, you know, where it was a Muay Thai first round, MMA second yep. round. Uh, first round, Rod Tang has Demetrius on the back foot, right? And he's, uh, Demetrius is evading everything, circling. Round two starts, now takedowns are on the mix. Uh, and it's completely flipped. Rod Ting's on his back foot, circling, trying to trying to use his footwork to evade the takedowns from Mighty Mouse. And in this, it was cool because you see the jiu-jitsu guy, Joe Selecki, who when he has Jakar down, uh, he's in half guard on the left side. He's in between the fence and uh, Jakar because he wants to work. He's not trying to stuff you against the fence. He doesn't want you to wall walk. He wants to work down there. He's trying to sub you. Um, Jakar ends up turning to get... To, to flip him so that Joe Selecki's on the other side of him in the fence so that he can then get to the fence and wall walk up. And Selecki passes across the legs to half guard on the other side. And I was like, fuck, that's sick because he wants to keep him there. He wants to keep working. Mm-hmm. He tries to step over from half guard for the back take. And as he does that, Jakar reverses him. He turns into, he anticipated it, right? It was very cool grappling. And then immediately, Jakar, instead of trying to turn him away from the fence, immediately stuffs him in the fence. Uh, let's go back, Rich, uh, in the pictures. But um, but he immediately stuffs him against the fence because one, he's trying to do damage. And if you're crumpled up against the fence, he can land punches. Um, two, you don't want this guy to arm bar you. And if he's stuffed yep. against the fence, he can't. Joe Selecki did a very good job of, uh, turning a little bit to where they were. Uh, so his back wasn't against the fence. Instead, he was along the fence, which allowed him to go for the arm bar. He set up the arm bar within 30 seconds. Uh, I rewatched it this morning. He's, he's set up within 30 seconds of being on his back. Fucking very slick jujitsu. Uh, and Jakar picks him up and he slams him on his head and he knocks him out. The way he did it, it though. Crazy. Sideways. Cra- Sideways. How do you have that much strength? Yeah. That's crazy. Where, um, you know, Reese uh, bounces off the back of his head, kind of. You know, we saw uh, Rampage. Oh, yeah, Who was the, that yeah. he slammed? Arona. Uh, or, yeah. On the Matt back Hughes, of his head. Carlos then- Newton. Look at where Selecki landed. Right, right on the temple. side of his head. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah, absolutely. This one was a little bit worse than uh way worse. Than the one with Reese. <laughs> it was way worse. Because he like he was out out immediately. Reese was yeah, still yeah. kind of there a little bit. Selecki was out. Did he land one shot after that, I think? He threw one and it landed on his chest because the ref was already getting involved. Who was who ref yeah, yeah. Mark Smith? It had to be Mark Smith, because I remember thinking Mark Smith did a fantastic yeah. job. All night. Yeah. He did a really yeah. good job. Uh, H.B. Comer says, well, we see this move now more often. What do you think? Um, I think, you know, it's still very rare. It takes it takes a very strong person to do this. You know, um, Andrade did it to Rose, right? Rose had the standing Kimura. She picked her up, slammed her. Carlos Newton against uh, Matt Hughes, uh, where he slammed him. Like you said, Rampage and Arona, like these are strong people. All those people yeah. are very strong. Not everybody can do this. And most of the time, um, you know, you do hook the leg in the triangle. Most of the time you ditch the arm bar uh, and, and you you recover your base and maybe even get up out, out of it. I still think this is going to be really rare, but we might see people try this a lot more often now, you know? Yeah, for sure. Because it, it used to be you don't do this. It used to be don't do that because you slam them and you're gonna push into Deeper. the armbar more, you know. Yeah. Um, but also for the uh, the jujitsu practitioners, they're probably thinking twice about it now too, especially after seeing it twice in one night where they're like, "Hey, 
as yeah, soon go. as I, I feel like they're, yeah, picking me up a little bit, I got to let go. Yeah. But man, All what right. A, what Shout a, out uh, Blunderbug. Shout out Blunderbug, hey. who's joining us now. Lawrence Phillips on Friday fights uh, a while back with the belly to belly KO also. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's been Forgot some cool slam one. knockouts recently, huh? Oh, look Who at that the... picture. Yeah. I mean, so out of it. Yeah, out cold. No need for the follow up shot. Dracar was like, no, I need it. Kerry Hatley's like, he's giving me a thumbs up. He's still good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hatley would have let it keep on going for sure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. H.B. Comer calls out the Monkey King slam. Yeah. Shout out uh, uh, the Monkey King. That was a cool one against uh, Matt Wyman, right? He just picks him was up. Against Wyman? I think it was Wyman, yeah. Um, the other one, which was cool uh, recently, I think it was a hip toss where his – they landed head to head almost or like head to chin and he knocked him out. Mm. I forgot which one that was, but it was, it was a doozy. It was on a prelims. Um, there's been some slam KOs recently, huh? There has, there has. Okay. Uh, we are at an hour right now. We've got a couple fights left to cover. Uh, yeah, we'll go ahead and cover a uh, Rodolfo Bellato versus Ihor Poteria. 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 Bellato is fucking awesome dude because i've had it <laughs> i've had it in for potieria after he knocked out my boy shogun and then he did the fucking Fortnite dance over his unconscious body for his retirement fight i was like fuck this dude i'm never gonna root for this guy shout out josh i was like fuck this guy and then he's out here and he's fighting Bolado, and i was like i hope Bolado knocks this dude out i hate him or what he did to my boy Shogun. Bilotto's <laughs> probably like, dude, I got to do this for Shogun, right? He's Brazilian, right? Um, and the first round, Pochieria is looking like a goddamn world beater. <laughs> he cannot. Landing everything he's throwing. Yeah, mixing it up really well. A lot of tools in the arsenal, right? And Bilotto's there for all of it. He's, he's Bilotto, eating all of it. <laughs> dude, it's so crazy because he has like this very stiff stance. Like Where very stiff. Cane? Like the old school wrestler, WWE. No, no, like Kane Velasquez. Like, <laughs> no, you know, I know you're Velasquez, you know? But he's coming in stiff, and then, he, like, he comes in and throws, like, a couple shots, like, really <laughs> stiff, right? Like a rock and sock and robot. Like, and then yeah. he gets hit hard by this right hand. <laughs> Dude, and after he gets hit hard, his head whips back, and he goes, huh, huh. And, like, yeah. his head moves yeah, after man. that. I'm like, no, do it before, bro. Do it do before. that when he's punching you, not after. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. But you he see, did that a you few see times. That? You get tagged, and he, he bob his head. Classic. Yeah, you see that a lot with like older fighters who have been there too long, you know. It should be covered since Blado has the movement of a fridge. Dude, it really like did remind me of Kane. Kane used to do that too. He was just so much more effective at it, but he used to move <laughs> kind of like that too. And a lot of it, maybe a lot of it too, is kind of similar body styles. And Blado also just that heavy pressure against the fence reminded me of mm-hmm. a worse Kane Velasquez. Um, but a minute left in that first round. And Bellato changed his tune a little bit. And he started landing, he landed that knee, uh, landed some short hooks and an elbow uh, on um, uh, Potieria. And I was like, okay, he came back a little bit. He didn't just, it wasn't a one way traffic round. He came back a little bit, still lost that round easily. Um, and then the second round, which is, is up there for round of the year contender, in my opinion, um, because not 10 seconds in, Bellato's like, the pressure against the fence kind of worked. I landed the knee, the elbows. I could do that. So I'm going to try to pressure him again. And immediately, Pochieri hits him with a left. And then a right. And then a left. I think there's a there's a, there's 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 two punches that landed that dropped him. Um, 
that uh, I think there's good pictures of them. Um, yeah, this one here. <laughs> Look at that. And then the next one. Oh, <laughs> just, man. Just brutal, dude. He gets them down and is landing hammer fists like, oh, my God, brutal ground and pound from Poteria. And every time he hit him, Bilotto's bouncing back. He's looking up into the stars. He's barely defending. He's just flailing with every punch. Who refed this one? Was it Hatton? That's what I'm looking up right now <laughs> as we speak. Uh, Jacob Montalvo. Okay, very good job from him, in my opinion. Yeah. Because yeah. he was, Bilotto was at least active with his legs. He was eating massive shots, but he was active. Uh, trying, He tried to hit a, a scissor sweep at one point. I was like, hey, man, that's not going to work, dude. Um, but he ends up, uh, he eats massive shots. Pochieria gasps himself out trying to finish him. And I think a lot of refs probably would have stopped this because uh, he was landing big, big shots. He gets a foot on the hip, hip escapes. Uh, used it to just create a little bit of distance. Um, with that distance, he he turns over to a single leg, uses the single leg to get back up, and then immediately goes to work on him up against the fence. And he's landing big shots. He lands a knee. He lands the uppercut. He's landing hooks. And then Potieria is circling away. He's exhausted, circling away. Uh, Bilotto gets the single leg and then just kind of goes for the trip, doesn't even hook anything, but just the momentum of him hoping that he was going to get it. Because if you trip somebody... It's not just a hook of the leg. It's also you pushing with your upper body. And just the momentum of that push puts Pochieria down. And then he starts, he goes into half guard, I think. He starts elbowing his his leg to try to get him to drop his leg so he could step over the the half guard. He does. And then as soon as he mounts him, he postures up and it's just machine gun straights. It was crazy, dude. It was was so fast. Not sure if they're the hardest punches in the world, but it was just nonstop. Non-stop. Hey. <laughs> it was if so you're tired. He's just like, ah, yeah, yeah. Just uh, uh, Brandon Fitzgerald yelled uh, something about a typewriter, and I was like, "Fucking sick, dude!" Because he was just, if you're exhausted and you can't, you're just like, ah. and then they have to stop it. It was yep. great. What a come from it was behind a fun fight. A lot of very cool fun fight, man. Uh, talk about come from behind wins. Yeah, there's another one right before this. We had yeah, Trimmon yeah. versus Gooden. Uh, man, from from both these guys, you know, it's we talk about watching the main event, and the co-main event, and the level that they bring. Right, mm-hmm. <clears throat> super impressive. And with these guys, don't get me wrong, they're really good also. But the biggest thing that I saw from watching something like this to the folks in the co-main and main event is the usage of feints. Yeah, they barely use no any feints. Gooden, a lot of power, but no feints. So yeah. whenever Gooden would go, he'd move. Terman would slip out of the way early in the in the fight because he, he was like, okay, if he's going, it's coming, right? Yeah. There's no guesswork there. Uh, exactly. The commitment's there right off the bat. And I was just like, man, just mixing a couple of feints, Gooden, and you're dangerous, bro. You're yeah. super dangerous. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%. And Terman, on the flip side, looked a lot better striking-wise than he has in the past. He was landing... He would throw the uh, the two first and then the left hook off the two, two, three combos over and over again. Very good. And he hurt good in a few times. Uh, the first round was a masterclass from Terman, right? Just he lit him up a couple times, stunned him a little bit, and then he gets that big slam takedown to end the round. And it was like, oh, that's a good round from Terman. Second round, mm-hmm. you know, he's cracking him again. And where he got caught, thought he was Bangkok ready. Because when he was sniping, he was doing okay, you know? When he was just pot yeah. shotting, it was like, this is this is working. But then he had him hurt, and he's like, let's turn it up. Let's start th- <laughs> let's th- start throwing longer combinations. And he hurts good and again, 
And then the second, and then they go back, they go back in, and he was just staying in the pocket too long. They both land left hooks like stepbrothers. It was literally like it's stepbrothers when they have the, the golf club. Baseball band, the golf club. Band, the golf band, club? Yeah. 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 In the, in the yard. They both left hook. I think this might be it right here. Um, and Terman, he's used to dog fights. Or, sorry, Gooden is used to dog fights. And they both land their left hook and they separate. And Terman all of a sudden is not there. And Gooden's like, oh, okay, I got this guy. I'm going to run through this dude now. And he did <laughs> because yeah. from that from that point on, what a finish! I mean, some guys are finishers. Good and is a finisher, you know. Absolutely, dude. In my notes, I put down Terman uh, more calculated and picking his shots early on. Uh, mm-hmm. Terman doing a better job of stringing together some combos. And my last <laughs> note, his combos hurt him. <laughs> you know, so <laughs> yeah, he just stayed the fire too long, dude. He got too. Yeah, he, he did. Got, he, he felt himself a little too much. Um, and then you, you know, know, maybe I've, maybe he ate one of. Uh, good in shots and thought like, hey, I, I could probably take his hardest shot. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I'm i willing to go in there and receive one, a dish out two or three. Uh, yeah. But didn't work out that way. Didn't work out that way. You know, good and eventually he hurts him with that left hook, follows up well, stays on him, uh, lands some nasty elbows on the ground uh, that were brutal and then uh, ends up taking his back and choking him out. Um, but this was a fun fight, dude. A little good comebacks, you know. Comeback There's fights a few are fun. Them. Yeah. There's a few of them. All right. That elbow. was it for all the fights we're going to cover. We're going to, uh, I think the only one we really skipped was Hardy versus uh, Lynn Horth, right? Yeah. H.B. Comer says Terman could have won a boring decision but got too excited. Yeah. He was feeling himself. True. Josh says Wellington Terman has two last names. <laughs> yeah. I never really thought about that. Yeah. They say never trust a man with two first names. What about two last names? Yeah. Yeah. I don't That's know. Classic. Uh, yeah. We're, <laughs> all skip- right. we're skipping Hardy versus Horth. Uh, we're already, we're an hour 10 in. Uh, it was a, it was a good win for Hardy. She looked at the first two rounds and then Horth remembered that she's way bigger than her in the third round, came back and took that round. Um, but it was cool to see Hardy get some work in. I like Veronica. She's cool, dude. I don't know if you watch um, uh, the, her podcast with uh, Dan Hardy, but they were very good. That's a very cool podcast. I like both of them a lot. Obviously Dan Hardy's a legend, not. but Veronica's very cool. So it was cool to see her get a win. Nice. All right. Uh, moment of silence. Yeah. Moment <laughs> of silence. Uh, we were supposed to have uh, Khalil Roundtree against Azamat Mirzakhanov. Um, Ooh, always excited to see which Khalil Roundtree we get. Bangkok ready or? Yeah. I think they moved him, right? He, I think he's fighting next week, maybe? He's fighting soon. Oh. They moved him to fight Anthony Smith. So um, I'll check so right now while you're see. reading out the rest. Yeah. Uh, Jared Cannonier was supposed to fight your boy, Roman Delize. Would have been a very fun fight. Cannonier towards MCL. Roman Delize. I'm a fan. Yeah. And then uh, the other big one was Dan Hooker versus Bobby Green. Um, Hooker, like we said, he had that broken arm from Turner. Heard it again in training. He has to pull out. Turner comes in, knocks out Bobby Green, takes years off his life. Uh, Ganskow says, how good is Mike Perry? Uh, Mike Perry is built for bare-knuckle boxing. Ramiro didn't see the fight, but, um, man, you know, Eddie Alvarez versus Mike Perry. Just Eddie Alvarez is a legend, dude. So cool. Um, should I cover this now or cover it after we do the next week? Um, we'll do it. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll do it live. Fuck it. Um, <laughs> you know, Eddie Alvarez goes out and it's just like jab, 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 stiffing it with the jab. It was fucking per- the first round from Eddie Alvarez. It was all Eddie Alvarez and Green or Perry's got like three cuts already after that first round. Uh, he looked so good, and then the second round again, he's jabbing him up. But Mike Perry's starting to land shots now. Mike Perry's just eating shots to land his shots. It was a fucking banger. And then after the second round, uh, I think Eddie's got a broken orbital for sure. 
uh, it's swelling up. He tells his coaches, like, dude, I'm, I can't see out of this thing. Like, we got to call this. And this co- corner was like, fuck it. Let's call it. So they call it. Mike Perry wins. Mike Perry, he he gets Eddie Alvarez to quit. Luke Rockhold to quit. He beat Michael Venom Page before that. Mike he's Perry's a monster, fucking, dude. He's a bare-knuckle great. He's going to go down as the bare-knuckle great. Bare-knuckle I mean, goat? I think so. Dude. I, can you think of anybody else who's built for that? Better the way than that Mike Perry? Perry is? I mean, he's out there. I, I, I mean, He might go down as the best bare-knuckle boxer ever. I mean, dude. You know, you got MMA goats, you got boxing goats, you got bare knuckle goats, Mike Perry. Uh, Agent McComber says, regardless of who wins in BKFC, they both look like losers after the fight. Yeah, dude, at, in the post-fight interview, Mike Perry, he's got his kid. His kid's like crying because because <laughs> his face. Yeah, he looks like a monster. Dude. Yeah, dude. It was <laughs> oh my crazy. God. It was, it was just peak bare knuckle Mike Perry mix. It was just, but Eddie Alvarez, man, what a fucking legend. He looks so, it was clear that he's the better fighter, but it doesn't matter in bare knuckle. You know, it just doesn't matter. Um, and you know, obviously he had a long MMA career. He retired. He comes back. It's different than Mike Perry who got cut from the UFC after having bangers who goes in there, who's still not like over the hill. Um, but it was cool as fuck seeing Eddie Alvarez's wife, dude, because yeah. you know, she, she's a meme, right? Cause she, you always hear her screaming every time he fights you know, Eddie every like 30 <laughs> seconds. But, but dude, she's fucking ride or die, dude. After the fight, they call it. And his coaches, he was like apologizing to his coaches for letting them letting him down and stuff. And they're like, "No, dude, you did so fucking good." It was cool to see. And then his wife comes over, and she the way she's looking at him, even though his eyes swollen and he's bleeding, she's just looking at him like, "This is my fucking guy, dude." And like she kisses him, and he's, she's got blood on her face, and he's like wiping it off. And then she kisses him again. There's more blood, and it was just so dude. fucking cool. To, they're just fucking ride or die, dude. True story. Awesome. She was upset when uh, Eddie Alvarez broke away from her to come take a yeah. picture with me at the airport. Remember when we were at TSA? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So my bad. Um, my I bad. actually have a. You know what? Let's let's fucking see it because you know people joke about her all a lot, right? Because of the um, the way she screams and stuff. But it's like, dude, she just can't help it, bro. She's just so ride or die. She, he's fucking fight. He's going life because you look at the way he fights. He's going life and death with people in there, and she's yeah. just so ride or die that she's just fucking screaming she can't contain it she's sucking that ride or die rich i just put something in the private chat it's a it's a link to a twitter video of, in the post fight pe- press conference uh someone asked about it i think and if we could play that actually because it's fucking dude find somebody that loves you as much as eddie's wife loves him you know what i mean <laughs> man it's just so fucking cool uh, uh hob comer talking about like hey probably not the best idea bringing the kids over to those events i especially bare knuckle yeah, yeah. especially rough. if you're mike perry yeah oh my god look at this yeah can we get audio from this rich yeah do you uh attribute okay, a lot of your toughness to your it's wife good right uh, i sat next to her during the <laughs> fight and she scares the shit out of me <laughs> my... My telling me if i had a problem she was going to kick my ass bro <laughs> i don't know how many promoters i had apologized to about my wife my, I met my wife when I was 15 years old. You guys are gonna make me emotional. I, I have four children, and um, she um, she, my wife would pick me up from North Philly when I was no one, and people see her yelling in, in the crowd and say bad things to her. But the truth is, like when I was nobody at 15 years old, she picked me up from a terrible place and and believed in me so um when she yells let her yell guys she 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 cares and i have four kids so let her yell oh i love it man oh, yeah, do you, uh, what a legend bro 
What a fucking legend. Uh, HLB Comer saying Eddie's wife is an MMA legend. Let her scream. It would not be an Eddie fight without her for sure. A hundred percent, dude. A hundred percent. Josh uh, says it's crazy how Mike Perry is the only guy that the top names for the UFC want to face. <laughs> for real. Uh, fucking Mike for Perry, real. dude. But yeah. I, I, I'm so awesome. happy to see Mike Perry doing so well at something, though, because he's always been one of those characters. So much fun to watch. You knew that when he was going to be fighting in the UFC or any organization, it's going to be a banger. It's going to be fun. Yeah, right? You're not going to be bored. You're not going to yeah. be bored. Mm-hmm. And now you get him into BKFC, possibly go down as the GOAT of bare knuckle boxing. <laughs> yeah, dude. dude. Come on, man. Come That's on. Crazy, Remember dude. when he went through that like little crazy time when he's like, me versus a window, window oh, one yeah. or whatever. Like, and like he was. He fell through a window. He, he punched that dude outside that the restaurant or something like that. That's the other thing that I'm glad to see him get success because like I, I, I like him. He seems like a fun dude and I am worried about what his life is going to be like outside of fighting. So I'm yeah. glad to see him succeed because I am I am worried about what the when the show's over. Mike Perry. Yeah, when the show's over. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, HLB Comer saying I still don't know about BKFC. Perry looked in pain after the fight. Look, I'll tell you this. HLB it's Comer. Hard, after we watched, we did a fight companion once, right? Mm-hmm. You're watching. You feel kind of dirty. When yeah, you're watching it's it, tough, dude. but it's entertaining. Well, the, the difference is a lot of MMA guys, right? It's almost all MMA guys who do that um, because they don't make enough money in MMA and boxers would never go do that because they make plenty. But uh, the difference is if it was boxers, if it was all boxers, right? I think Polly, Polly went over there, right? Um, but And boxing, lost to, actually, there's another goat. There's another goat. Yeah. Right. Artem Lobov, yeah. Artem Lobov. You know, boxers, if boxers went into bare knuckle, it would, the pacing would be so different. They'd be, it'd be pot shots, right? It'd be, it'd be trading jabs and stuff like that. But these are MMA fighters who are just fucking, a lot of them are just tough guys. And they go over, especially the ones that go to bare knuckle. And they're fighting at a striking pace like it's MMA. And it's crazy because they take so much damage without the gloves that it's just like, and it's all visible damage, right? It's not like you're taking more brain damage or anything like that. It's just visible damage, which is hard to look at sometimes because yeah. they get so cut up and swollen and bleeding and stuff like that. But because of the MMA pace that they fight at, it's just fucking wars. Wild. Eddie Alvarez wild. versus Chad Mendes was crazy. Um, that was fun too. That that speaking of boxers, that win versus um, was it Johnny Bedford was a fucking yeah banger, Bedford dude. That was a amazing fight but it's just crazy pace page van so versus oh no no Rachel, just Rachel yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just it's something else man it's it's it is tougher to watch though you know shout out chris camozzi he's, he's had some uh, what's good your girl's name there. that chris fights Levy. there too beck rollins uh, no rowdy beck no uh heart not hardy uh, oh i know who you're talking about she's a female Amelia? Yes. Feeling, yes, yeah. she's a feeling. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember her name. We'll have to look her up later for another episode, but she's a savage too. Shout out to yeah, her. Yeah, Blunderbub says there's plenty of damage at the last game bread. Yeah, game bread, that's the bare knuckle MMA, right? That's fucking crazy too, man. It's it's gnarly. Ganskow says, uh, still just waiting for the talent and strategy to develop. Sport is relatively young still. Production and promotion is pretty good. Yeah, it's, you know, it's trashy as fuck, but I think it's by design because it gets so many views and I think it will evolve over time. Right. Um, it'll refine a little bit. People will figure out, but for now, dude, it's just fucking Mike Perry. Dog <laughs> fighting people. I, love it. I love it. I love it. I got to go back and watch a fight. Yeah. They did murder right. that one guy though. So that's kind of fucked up. 
What? They got that one guy killed. Yeah. Oh, that's but good. Uh, next week, what do we got next week? <laughs> How about bonuses? Oh yeah, we didn't even do bonuses. My bad. We didn't do bonuses. And how dare you not talk about bonuses the night that Dana White goes off and starts yeah. handing out bonuses left and right, bro? They're getting all those uh, all those lawsuit documents are coming out, and they're like, "Hey yeah, guys, like, look, we pay our fighters." <laughs> yeah, yeah. We gave out five hundred. I'll, I'll have you know, we gave out five hundred thousand dollars <laughs> in bonuses the last minute. Uh, yeah, oh, but they gave a bonus to everybody with the finish. Uh, Armin got a bonus uh, for Steamroll. As it should huge. be. Yeah, a hundred percent. Um, Jalen Turner got a bonus for uh, starching Bobby Green. Uh, Sean Brady got one for Camoring Kelvin Gaslam. Stolfus got one for choking out Soriano. Misha Tate got one for her um, teeth submission. She's trying to take out Avila's teeth. Uh, Brunage got one for his the slam dentist. KO. Uh, Drakkar Close got one for his slam KO. Bellato got one. Uh, oh, Pochieri and Bellato got one for fight of the night. That's that's warranted. That's good. Yeah, it's good. Uh, and speaking of good, Gooden got one for his uh, comeback win over Terman. Um, one thing I don't like, it's great. They're all getting paid. But here's what is is lame about it is in the post-fight press, press conference, Dana was like, yeah, when we have a night like this, you got to give them all bonuses. They all showed out. And it's like, why is my bonus dependent on the other fighters of this card? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, why is that should influence my bonus at all? If yeah. I showed out, I should get one. Not if everybody else showed out. I didn't like that, but they all got paid, so it works. At least they all got paid. Ganskow says yeah. BKFC has early UFC vibes for sure. 100%. Except I didn't see anybody getting punched in the nuts repeatedly. Yeah. Shout out Joe's son. Yeah. All right. Uh, next week, what do we got going on next week? Uh, yeah, next week we got... Um, Another UFC the, fight night at the yeah, Apex? The Sh- I think it was the Shanghai card that they moved to the Apex because they couldn't find a main event for it that warranted it. And then Dana's like, something happened in China that we, we had to change, but it's not worth talking about. It's nothing. It's like, wait, what? It's Whoa. because you guys couldn't put on a good China card. That's, that's why you didn't do it. Um, but yeah, we got Song Yudong versus Chris Gutierrez. That's a good fight, dude. Very yep. good fight. Lionheart. Versus Khalil Roundtree on short notice. Uh, yeah. Sumadarji versus Nascimento. Like uh, it. That's a good fight. Andre Muniz versus Junyon Park is going to be fucking great. That's, that's a such good a good one. fight, dude. Um, Ooh, that's back-to-back weeks? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lightweight gas. Uh, wow. very good fight. That's a good fight. Tatsuda Taira versus Carlos Hernandez. Fucking oh, sign me up, good dude. Tatsuda is fucking money, dude. He's the future. Um, let's see, Son Kanong brings it every time. Juana Santos versus Stephanie Egger. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Steve fun. Garcia All versus right. uh, Costa is gonna be fun. Costa's sneaky good, dude. I, I like that guy. Uh, and then well, we also have that's on Saturday, and then on Friday, we have uh, one fight night. 17 18 oh dang i don't remember what it is but and uh, just logged off as soon as he <laughs> put on uh one fight night <laughs> yeah he's gonna miss the best fights of the Come weekend. Out. uh <laughs> roman versus roberts is gonna be sick heavyweight muay thai fucking always interesting roman is fucking a world beater dude he's so good um we got smoking joe natawat versus uh luke lasay smoking joe natawat just had that banger of a fight recently against um Fuck, who was it against? Why does the guy on the left, Roman, look like a wax figure? Yeah, he does. Yeah. What is going on? Who did Smoking Joe just fight? Tawan Shai. He just fought Tawan Shai and went fucking back to back with it. was crazy. Back and forth with them. Felipe Lobo is going to be a fun fight uh, versus Simon Patch. Dimitri Menchikov. Edgar Vadis Abadis? 
Yeah, against your boy, Johan Ghazali. If you haven't watched our our videos on Johan Ghazali, uh, 16 years old. That should be a fun one. 16 years old was getting knockouts. I think he's 17 now. This is his first. Uh, he got a contract to be on a fight night. Um, so he's not on the Friday fights anymore. Uh, we got Dmitry Menshikov versus who's Menshikov, I think, is so talented. He's, he's someone to watch out for. Goncalves is back. He's very fun. And then you got Thong Poon, uh, who is just fucking pure entertainment. This is this is a very good card. All Muay Thai on a fight night. Usually they make all Muay Thai. Small gloves, big gloves. Uh, all, all small gloves. Muay Let's thai. go. Small yeah. gloves, Muay Thai, hard to beat. These are going to be bangers, dude. Hard to beat. These all right. Be Thank you, uh, Blunderbub, Danskow, HLB, Comer, Josh, uh, for joining us. Did I say Blunderbub already? I think I did. Uh, Regen, <laughs> Regen as well. All joining us made it a lot of fun. Uh, please like, subscribe if this is your first time listening. Let all your friends and family at Love and May know that this is the podcast to follow and subscribe to. It's a lot of fun. Uh, if you don't like watching but you like listening, where can they find us, Will? Yeah, everywhere. Storythefight.com. Uh, we'll show you all of our links. Just click through and follow them. Story the Fight on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Reddit, Twitch, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, everywhere. Story the Fight makes it real easy. Awesome, awesome. And uh, in case everybody didn't know, this podcast right here, produced by Richard Bustos. There it is. Right?